Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. So I am so excited to welcome my dear friend, Stephanie Jameson, back to the That Steep podcast today. This is her third interview on the show, and I am just so honored to have her back. So welcome back, Steph. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey. Awesome. I just want to start by congratulating you on your second book. I am absolutely just in love with your second book, The Happy Empaths Little Book of Affirmations. And I swear I use it like on a daily basis just to like set the tone and set the vibration. So I wanted to start off today with an affirmation from your book. Um, so I asked what guidance needed to be shared today. And the message that I got was, I trust that there's a future waiting for me that mm -hmm. is beyond what my logical mind is able to grasp at the moment. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what that affirmation means and kind of that, you know, your experience behind that affirmation? Yeah. That affirmation came when I was getting moved through my own awakening process and, um, that initiation process when you're just kind of like something's changing and I don't necessarily know what's changing and you're kind of forced to trust in the process that's unfolding, kind of learning that you're not in control of everything and that, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. And so when I was writing that for, um, the, you know, the happy impossible book of affirmations is all the affirmations I wrote for myself. And so that particular one came when I got my first book offer because I started realizing that everything was kind of happening for a reason. And the chapters of my life started to make a little bit more sense. And I stopped doubting so much. And I started going, okay, there's a reason why I've gone through this. And there's a reason why I went through that. And there's, you know, there's a reason for everything and nothing happens by coincidence. And there, it's so funny because if I, I believe correctly on that particular page, there is a picture of the ocean with a sun, right? Mm -hmm. What's so hilarious about that is that I kind of had that epiphany on the beach and so when my publisher did that I thought you've got to be kidding me wow that's, that's hilarious that that is because I was sitting on the beach having epiphany after epiphany and kind of realizing that you know everything happens for a reason and although in the moment we may not understand why we're being moved through something or why things are happening the way they are you know you never know a year later two years later you're gonna look back and you're gonna go I get it yeah. I understand that had to happen to take me here Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's been about eight months since you've been on the show last. So what's been going on with your life and business since then? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. Um, so let's see, uh, the book came out in November. So that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, what's been really cool about the, about the book is there's been a couple like viral videos on TikTok that have gone all around. And it was, it's been so weird because 
people have been emailing me and they're like, Stephanie, if you didn't realize it, you're making more of a difference than, you know, you probably know, check out this video and check out this video. So like all these little influencers on TikTok are, you know, and it's caused my second book to like skyrocket on Amazon and like three different categories. I've been in the top 100, which has oh been crazy. Goodness. So that's been fun, you know, just kind of seeing like people using my words in different ways. I got really emotional. There's a particular um, makeup artist who um, he is incredible and he used my words and, and, and his video went like, I think it's like 100, over 115,000 views yeah. on this video. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, thank you, Stephanie, because now I understand that my story is my purpose. And so yeah. that's kind of fun to watch unfold over the last few months. You know, it made me again, realize why everything's kind of happened the way that it has. Um, I'm giving California a try. I moved yeah. from, from the Northern part of the U S down to Southern California. I was, I'm, I'm going to say gently nudged by the universe, but we all know that that's not the case, <laughs> right? The universe had been pushing me down here for a while, really pushing me outside of my comfort zone. And I've had a few opportunities with the company that I've been working with. And, um, it seems like my journey is pushing me further and further to teach and not just one-on-one, -on -one, but like on a bigger scale. And last year around this time, I thought it was going to be on a podcast that I was going to do my own podcast. And now I'm getting opportunities to speak in front of people or, you know, um, so that's been this new, I'm kind of trying to navigate this newness here because I don't know what's happening with that, but I know that I'm being called to speak or to teach in some kind of a way. So, um, the opportunities in Southern California seem to be, you know, here. <laughs> yes. Ah, I love that. And, um, I was going to congratulate you on your move to Southern oh. California too. And, um, I, I have this feeling that we may have lived in the same town. So I'm not really sure it's either the same town or maybe the same, same town, um, next over to it. So okay. yeah. Okay. What's, what's right. your favorite yeah. thing about, I, I don't know how you feel about people knowing like the, the, the exact area that you live, but What's, so I will just keep it. Yeah, I will just keep it just from an experience that I had. I will keep it as private as I can, but I am in Orange County. Right. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. And so I'm in Southern California and I am not a huge Southern California fan. I'm just not. And it, it doesn't mean that it's, um, it's very beautiful here. I'm a Northern California fan mm -hmm. and I'm a Southern Oregon fan. So I love all the redwoods and, you know, the quiet, calm energy. But the thing that I do love about Southern California, my favorite thing is when I came down here for it to be January 15th and 85 degrees, I was okay with that. <laughs> I was okay with that, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. And it's beautiful. It seems like no matter where you go, you can travel 10, 15 minutes and there's all new scenery. You feel almost as though, you know, California to me feels like it's multiple states or it's in some areas, you know, when you go down to San Diego, it feels like you're in a completely different country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's a really cool thing. So when you hear people say that like California is a whole nother world, it really is. And I'm learning that very quickly. Very yes. quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And, you know, as always, I'm going to take a little bit of a shift and ask you about some astrological updates because you are my guru for the astrological updates. Oh my goodness. So, oh my goodness. Yes. 
Yeah, there's a lot. Um, you know what though? 2021 is actually going to give us a break compared to what 2020 gave us. Thank God, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's seven retrogrades that are occurring in uh, 2021. And there's only four eclipses. In 2020, there were six eclipses. So we're going to get a little bit of a break there. As you know, eclipses are all about change, dramatic change, you know, um, and they can last anywhere from, you know, when it's happening to six months before, you know, or after the eclipse occurs. Um, right now, currently, when this is being entered, when this is being aired, we don't have anything that's huge as far as a retrograde. Our next retrograde is Pluto, and that's not coming up until April. So Pluto uh, retrograde happens on April 24th, I believe. And that's all about death and rebirth. So when you go through a Pluto transit, you're going to be going through surrendering to the higher self. And that goes through October 6th. Um, so there's going to be a large part of 2021 where everybody's going to kind of have to surrender to the wisdom of the higher self and allow the transition, the transformation to occur. Um, the next one after that, there's two in June. I'm looking at my notes here. There's um, Jupiter retrograde, which happens on June 20th, and Neptune retrograde, which happens on June 25th. So Neptune is all about seeing through illusions. Um, Jupiter is all about expansion and growth. And Jupiter retrograde goes through October 18th, it looks like, and Neptune retrograde goes through 1220 or 121. So Neptune's going to be a long one. It's going to be a six six month one as well. So lots of shifts. Um, we've got Saturn retrograde happening. Oh, I guess I, I, I messed that one up. Saturn retrograde is May. So that's coming up. So it's Pluto, Saturn, then we've got um, Jupiter and Neptune. And then from there, it's Uranus retrograde and Venus retrograde. So Uranus is all about tearing down the old. Venus is all about matters around the heart and what truly serves us. So these are really big shifts still, of course. You know, Saturn's all about karma and destiny. And then we have the four eclipses happening this year as well so but in this moment we just got out of mercury retrograde and you know that's one of the smaller of the retrogrades that typically happens three to four times a year um it's happening three times this year so we know i think everybody knows what mercury retrograde is all about <laughs> frustration no <laughs> yes yes i feel like we just made it out of the ringer but you know good stuff came with it yeah, too so yeah yeah so Lots of stuff, but the next the next big one we've got is we've got Pluto and uh, we've got Saturn retrograde. Saturn's one of those ones that everybody has a little bit of a, a a hard time with because this is karma. This is you know a time where you're meant to be experiencing something that you're growing through, and as long as you're true to yourself, as long as you do the next best thing, as long as you do what it is that you you know you feel is right you'll be on the, on the good side of that Saturn retrograde. But when you fight what that in, inner voice is telling you, Saturn can come out and just whoop you. you know, I've gone through my own Saturn retrograde and whew, it kicked my butt a few years ago. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much for all of the yeah. updates and yeah. all the, you know, the pearls of wisdom. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I want to move into a little bit more, uh, on the topic of spirituality, okay. um, you know, DNA awakening, Kundalini, kind of the collective awakenings going on, um, and just the journey to embodying your true self. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz 
and I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Uh, Kundalini energy. This is something that I'm very familiar with. Kundalini energy is, um, you know, this happens when somebody um, is going through their awakening, their Kundalini is activated. And the Kundalini energy is, it's a life force energy. Um, it's also known as prana or chi. And Kundalini is a Sanskrit word um, that identifies the rising of an energy that's coiled at the base of our spine. So it's believed that we actually carry this energy from the time that we're born until it's released at the time of passing. So your Kundalini energy, you got to imagine your chakras kind of running on an electrical board or a circuit of some kind. So when that energy is released from the root chakra up, um, it travels up your spine. Um, there's kind of a deep healing that begins to take place and all of your chakras are ignited. And, you know, before you know it, you're taken through a series of shifts, consciousness shifts and deep and emotional uh, occurring, you know, healing occurs and you've got natural intuition and psychic abilities that start to develop. And, you know, if you're already naturally intuitive, you really realize how intuitive you are. And then, you know, if you're somebody who, is maybe somebody who plays more of a role in like the logic area, you start to realize, well, maybe there's more to life than what I've allowed myself to believe, right? So that that natural intuitive, you know, intuition gifts, they, they kind of kick in. So, um, you know, root chakra healing occurs, sacral, solar, heart, throat, third eye, and the crown chakra, which takes you from, you know, um, facing fears about being unstable all the way to trusting and embodying your highest self, you know? And with that, DNA activation occurs and you know DNA activation is it's a thing and it's a really cool thing that um, occurs when you least expect it um, had I not actually physically experienced it I may have been a little skeptical about it um, but DNA activation actually occurs um, basically the DNA contains a ton of data right and so for years scientists have, have talked about how we have this junk DNA. But it isn't until recently that scientists are discovering that when you hit a certain level of consciousness or there's a certain um, frequency that your body is vibrating at, do these other um, strands of DNA, do they actually activate and they actually start doing things? So, you know, you've got 12 strands of DNA. We're typically walking around with two strands activated. But as you're taken through these series of consciousness shifts, you actually begin to embody this higher, um, more, how do I wanna say it? I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, except for that you're just this better version of yourself. Yeah. You know, and you, and you purge out all the fear-based crap that's been holding you back. And then you start to shine like the divine being that you are you know, and you kind of become, I like to compare it to um, Wonder Woman. You kind of become, yes. one of my favorite terms that I've embodied this year is unfuckwithable. Yes. You know, yes. All of a sudden you realize how powerful you truly are, you know, and how amazing and divine uh, of an instrument you truly are. And so DNA activation is something that really happens in when you, when you meditate when you're more uh, conscious around what type of energy you allow in, the type of energy you're putting out. You know, I could dive into this 
conversation for hours, but um, it really does start to occur when the kundalini energy is, is typically activated. And a kundalini awakening can happen through, you know, meditation. It can also happen through a sexual awakening as well. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's amazing stuff. And what's interesting is I noticed that a lot of people think that they're going crazy when they're going through a kundalini awakening. So why is that? Because we've all been conditioned to not trust what we feel. Wow. You know, because wow. when your kundalini is activated and that natural intuitive gift that you have, that everybody has from the time that we're born starts to activate. And when that happens, you start to notice these amazing little synchronicities and you start to notice, you know, I feel like I'm hearing messages and music. I'm seeing angel numbers everywhere. I'm seeing this person's name everywhere. I'm watching tarot card readings like crazy and I don't know why, right? <laughs> And you start to go, am I having a midlife crisis or, is, or am I just waking up to what's already been around? And, and that's what the universe does, right? When you start to kind of realize that there's this, this energy that's all around you and it's always been there, your team, spirit's going to do whatever they can to get, get your attention and to get you to a place where you feel. And with us living in such a patriarchal world for as long as we have, where we've been taught to suppress the wisdom of the heart right? And trust more in the logical. It's kind of foreign when people start to go through this awakening. It's kind of foreign for them to actually accept that there's more beyond what the logical mind can conceive. So I truly feel like it's the universe's way of going like, hey, you know, because you can't make this shit up. You know, right. everybody goes to this awakening experience and they go, nobody would even know that that's how somebody would get my attention because I was alone when that happened. But right. this keeps happening. And, you know, I know someone's trying to get my attention. And that's people typically come to me and they go, I'm either batshit crazy or there's something happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, biggest tips for sensitives who want to like surrender that overthinking. I know that's something huge that happens. Oh man, you're, you're talking to like one of the biggest overthinkers in the world. <laughs> something that helps me is doing something that brings me into the moment. Like for example, this interview, you know, just sitting here, focusing on just speaking with you, talking to you, really being um, present helps. If you need to do that by doing physical exercise, if you need to do that by meditation, being creative, you know, I love um, when I have the opportunity to make jewelry and photography and videos and anything creative because it grounds me, you know, yeah. one of my favorite things to do. And I just did it the other day was I took myself downstairs and I just sat on a grass hill for like 30 minutes barefoot. You know, I'm a huge believer in the power of earthing huge, yeah. you know, yeah. it really grounds you. And I also, um, I just suggested this to a client the other day take yourself outside when it's windy. Everybody doesn't like to be outside when it's windy, but that wind is actually blowing energy out of your aura, out of your bio field. And so whenever the wind hits me, I just imagine like, just take it all away. Take yeah. it all away. Clear <laughs> <laughs> me out. I obviously need it. <laughs> that is so cool. I was just sitting out. It's been really windy here in the Hawaiian islands right now. So we just, me and my daughter have been sitting outside. It's like, let it blow away. Yep. Yeah. And well, and you know, empaths were attracted to being outside anyways. You know, I've, um, I used to get in trouble when I was a kid all the time because I would never wear my shoes, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of kids don't. And it's because they naturally want to be connected with the earth. It feels normal. It feels, it feels right. And to put some rubber in between you and the earth, it actually um, makes you ungrounded. 
Wow. Wow. I love that. Yep. I learned how to earth from you. So oh, it's a practice that. that, yeah, I love doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about um, some tips that you have for moving through like the fear of judgment, persecution and abandonment? I know that that's, you know, a common empath struggle to kind of go through those fears. So any tips in general for that? True to you. You're going to have to grow thicker skin. You're going to have to trust more in what you feel. Um, stay in your own lane. You know, um, what did you say? Abandonment? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sit with that feeling for as long as you can and then continue to show, your, show up for that inner child. So I know you and I have done some inner child exercises where I have, you know, you visualize that little girl and you're like, I got your back. It's all going to be okay. You know, and, and as long as you continue to do things like that, that can really help. I, I'm every single day when my inner child freaks out, she's like, oh, I don't know if you if we can do this. I always sit with her and I'm like, no, you can do this. Just like you would your kid, right? Yeah. You are capable of this. And yeah, we're venturing into the un unknown here a little bit, but it's okay. You have right. a purpose, you know, you're intuitive, keep trusting yourself. And then somehow, some way, you know, it's like you become your own uh, cheerleader and yeah. it just becomes a habit. I you love know? that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Persecution, grow thicker skin. You know, a lot of that comes from past life experiences um, or, you know, trauma from when you were a kid. And the one thing I can truly say that my own, I've really learned on my own journey is that my story is my purpose. You know, if you can't be around me while I'm embodying my authentic self, then you're probably not meant for me. Right. And that's Absolutely. a hard lesson to learn because sometimes we lose people who we love very much who are, you know, going through their own healing as well. Yeah. But sure to you. I love that. And yeah. just talking on empaths and relationships, um, I know that you've mentioned the terms sacred partnership before. So what, what is a sacred partnership for the listeners that are new? And what are those key things that you believe that people need to be in a sacred partnership? Yeah. So a sacred union occurs within, within you first, you know, um, you really have to really align with that head and that heart, right? You know, the sacred partnership is when the divine feminine, which is the heart and the divine masculine, which is the head are in balance with one another. When these two things are in balance, you enter a place called zero point, which is the point of creation as within, so without. So when you're in balance with yourself, you will be and attract um, a sacred partner in, whether this be a soulmate, a twin flame experience, whatever it may be, you're going to attract that in um, and, and be with somebody who empowers you and encourages you to be the best possible version of yourself. You don't need this person for anything, right? But you both bring value to one another's life. So honestly, it's about friendship. You know, yeah. it really is. It's something that I know you've heard me talk about before. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be with your best friend, um, but you have to be your own best friend first. And, and it's about being the love that you desire. And that can be very triggering for some people to hear, you know, because we have relationships, you know, we've got soulmates and, and I'm, you know, again, I'm going to mention twin flames. That's such a huge topic. Everybody is obsessed with this topic. But really that shows how much codependency there is in the world because everybody's obsessed with it, having to be this one person and it's, it's an attachment. And truly what that twin flame experience is all about is it's about you coming into um, alignment with yourself, you know, first. 
And, you know, great. If you end up being with your twin flame, fantastic. If you don't, that's okay too. Right. Right. It doesn't, it, you know, that whole, that whole journey is about, it's a journey of self-discovery and self-mastery. That's really what that's about. And so if you can come into sacred union with yourself and really learn that the lesson there is that love is freedom, true love is freedom, and that we're all one, because that's, again, something that that particular journey teaches us, you will come into alignment with a sacred partner or um, attract a soulmate or a soul connection. And Yeah, I love that. Ooh, and you mentioned codependency. So for our listeners that are new to that, you know, what is codependency and why do empaths often get moved through that type of experience in their relationships? Sure. Um, codependency is seeking validation from others. It's truly what it is. Um, it's often a learned behavior. We all have some form of it. You know, um, some of us are uh, go through more traumatic experiences when we're kids or we go through a traumatic relationship, right? Um, it's where we're taught that we can't listen or be true to ourselves. And so we become people pleasers. And empaths, in particular, as sensitive souls, um, we're healers. So we don't like energy shifting in the wrong way. We want to fix everything. And so in the beginning, when you start to learn that you're an empath, you, um, you know, sometimes people can take on that victim mentality, you know, but this is where you get the opportunity to empower yourself and love yourself as much as you do other people. When you can do that, you begin to take that power back. You come back to a place of wholeness. The codependency patterns are healed, right? When I was a kid, I was taught very much so to look outside of myself. I had to get permission from everyone to do anything. And so that carried on with me as I grew and it led me into a place where I didn't trust my intuition as much because people would tell me that the way that I thought was wrong or that I was naive or that that was, you know, not right. And so I just naturally thought everyone else around me knew better. Mm -hmm. And so that caused me to give my power away for a really long time. You know, yeah. so I feel like the reason that empaths in particular struggle with this particular lesson is because they haven't learned how to love themselves as much as they love everyone else. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love that. That was beautifully said. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. 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 And I'm curious, um, what's your take on karma? You know, what is karma and what are karmic patterns and why do we get moved through lessons like that? Karma. Oh my goodness. Um, the car karma is, is something that, um, it's, it's the law of what you put out, you get back. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean just in this lifetime. So when I work with people and I say that I help them heal their karmic patterns, typically anything that you struggle with and you have no idea why you struggle with it, but you've struggled with it from the time you were a kid till now, it's something that you as a soul are here to learn or master, right? So one of my karmic patterns was what I just described to you, not trusting my intuition. You know, for the longest time, I don't know if you, you'll probably laugh when you hear this, but I did not realize how psychic I was. Not at all. I was having some of the most psychic experiences that a medium can have. And I was like, meh, you know, <laughs> I'm chopping that up to just really cool dreams, yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so one of my karmic uh, lessons was how to learn how to trust in my gifts and not look outside of myself anymore. Um, how to learn to love myself more, you know, um, how to, I truly feel like one of my karmic 
things that I'm, I'm meant to learn is um, how to build a solid business for myself, how to stand on my own two feet. I had to learn how to do that at such a young age. And then I had to learn how to do it again as I went through my rebirth experience. Um, and these are just things um, that we all have to go through. So whatever you put out, it's going to come back to you. So we can have karmic patterns with, with our soulmates, with our family too, where, um, you know, sometimes the lesson isn't to necessarily heal the relationship. It's to realize that not everything can be fixed. You know, whoever you feel strongly about, whether it's positively or negatively, there's a karmic pattern there. And you really have to look at what is the pattern that I have with this person or if I can't heal it with this person, why do I keep attracting that person again in other people? What is the pattern here? Oh, I need to love myself more. Oh, I need to trust myself more. Oh, I need to learn how to let go. Oh, I need to learn how to relinquish the illusion of control. You know, all that kind of stuff. I need to stand up for myself, boundaries, and whatever it is that that person may be triggering in you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pattern there. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I'm just curious, is there a deeper meaning or a lesson behind like why someone triggers you? You know, like people get triggered all the time. Is there yeah. a reason why? Yeah, it's what you as a soul are here to master. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is. It's like, what is that person triggering in you? Oh, you've got self-esteem issues. Learn to love yourself more. Oh, okay. Um, her success or his success is triggering you. Take action on your divinely inspired ideas. Own your power the way that that person is doing it. Because if he or she's doing it, so can you. Right. There's, yeah. a, there's a meaning to all of it when you really sit with those emotions. And it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, three, four years ago, I would not be saying the same things that I'm saying to you today. I've had to go through a lot of, of shadow work. But when I look back at the way that people triggered me in the past and the way that I responded at that particular time, I go, Oh, you had some growth to do, girl. You had some yeah. growth to do. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, we, so there's always a message behind the triggers. And if you sit with it and you, and you stop blaming it on the other person and you go, Oh, I need to grow here. I need to own my shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. I, I don't like the messages that are coming my way, but I need to sit with this and I need to grow and become a better version of myself. It's not her fault. It's not his fault. This is my own doing, or this is my own healing work. Yep. I'm just sitting here thinking, yep, that's exactly what I'm being moved through now and again and again and again. So I appreciate yeah. you explaining yeah. that. Well, and we go through it all the time. Like you can go through those same kind of things. When you think something's been healed a year later, you go, Whoa, I thought I healed this. Yep. this is still triggering me or this person has brought up this in me. I can't believe that of all people, this person is, is, is teaching me this lesson. Cause I thought that this lesson was already taught by someone else. Right. What in the world, you know, and yeah. then you have to sit with it. You have to love yourself through the shadow work and just go with the flow. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of another favorite, one of my affirmations from your book. And so that is anger is healthy. It is the emotion that shows me where my boundaries have been violated. That was awesome that you put that out there. Um, can you share a little bit more about that affirmation? Yeah, that's funny that you would bring that one up. I got, I got goosebumps as you said that. Um, I was taught for a long time that anger is not healthy. Um, and I held everything that I felt inside of me. And I was one of those people a few, just a few years ago that 
you know, somebody would consistently violate my boundaries. And I didn't know that they were violating my boundaries because I hadn't set those intentions for myself around what it was that I was um, willing to accept and no longer accept. And so I would hold it all in. And then finally one day, something would happen and explode. I would get so <laughs> angry and I would expect the person to understand why I was so angry but they had forgotten all the times that they had violated my boundaries because I didn't call them on it. Right. They didn't know because I allowed them to treat me in this particular way. So I had to learn very quickly that um, when I was going through my awakening, that what I was feeling was healthy, that all of our emotions mean something, that they all serve a purpose. No, that didn't mean I have to, I had to stay in the anger. And that's where a lot of people get, um, caught up in patterns and creating unhealthy patterns for themselves that they're like, well, sh I could never forgive her. I could never forgive him. She made me this. He made me that, right? You don't have to stay in the anger. Yeah. Okay. They pissed you off. Yeah. They, they violated a boundary. Learn from it. Move forward, right? right? Get yeah. out of the anger. It's an wow. indicator that something isn't right. That person or that situation or your own thought patterns are not serving you. So a lot of times it's being angry with ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that you realize that the anger triggers you, but then you go, oh, it's because I've been settling for behavior that is not in service to my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, then, and then you just kind of, yeah. So anger is a very healthy thing. Very healthy. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. And there's probably going to be a lot of people who really needed to hear that message today too. So I hope, I hope so. That's a, it's, it's a healthy thing. You gotta, you have to feel your feelings and you know me, that's something that I teach all the time. You know, our emotions are the map. Yep. They show us the way. And if you're feeling angry, if you're going home every day or waking up every day, feeling angry or sad or, or anxious or whatever, it's an indicator that something needs to change. Something needs to shift. Someone needs to change. They need to rise up to meet you right? Or, or you need to change a pattern, whatever pattern you're creating. Yeah. Those emotions are the map. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm curious, how do you personally keep your heart open, you know, to receiving love and support and loyalty from others when you've kind of been maybe riddled with, you know, being suspicious or mistrustful, you know, of people after past trauma? Oh yeah. It's a constant state of surrendering because I have my moments, girl. Yeah. I have my moments. I'm human. I'm yeah. human. And there's, you know, I've been done wrong and I've had moments where I've been told that my intuition is wrong and that my psychic abilities were off when in fact they were incredibly on point. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned over and over and over again, how to just trust, you know, and whoever comes into my life, they're meant to come into my life. Right. There's, there's a reason they're either going to be here for a reason, a lifetime or a season. Right. Yeah. And, and there's something there. And so I've had to just kind of trust that the universe has my back and, um, I've really had to hone in on trusting my first initial gut feeling. If I feel a certain way about someone or something and it doesn't feel right, I don't need to dive all into it, but it just doesn't feel right. Right. Yep. You and know? that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it just it reminded me of something that you've told me before, like the higher your vibe, the smaller your tribe. Um, could you explain what that means to the listeners? <clears throat> sure, if I don't choke here. <laughs> <laughs> when you start to heal, 
people are going to want to hold on to the old version of you. And you're going to piss a lot of people off as you begin to set boundaries and become this better version of yourself, as you begin to love yourself the way you were loving all of them. So people who have been in your life for 10, 20, 30 years or five years or people who you used to resonate with their vibration, you're no longer gonna be resonating with that vibration. They're either gonna grow with you or you guys are gonna grow apart. And so typically you'll find yourself in a point at, well, at some point on your journey, feeling very alone because you are um, outgrowing a circle that you once resonated with. Yeah. Right. And that's because you're healing. Yeah. You know? Wow. And so this is why a lot of people um, find themselves finding soul family online. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Totally. Or finding, finding coaches that resonate with them. Um, and it's a pretty beautiful experience. So yeah, the higher you, you really grow, um, you're, you're going to be forced to deal with other people's or not deal with other people's projections, insecurities, you know, and those are all just little, uh, tests that I feel like present themselves for you to pass. Because, um, if you've got my book, you know, that one of my first mantras I ever wrote was I am worthy of abundance. I just have to believe it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as you're on that, the universe kind of throws these little tests at you, like, oh, you say you want this, but are you, are you, do you really believe that? And if so, then why are you still dealing with this pattern? Why are you still allowing this to occur? Right. You know, and so again, you, you will, you will piss people off and, you know, the ones who are meant for you will always come back. And I've had that happen as well. Yeah. You know, they do their own growth. You guys separate, they do their own growth. You come back and you vibe at the same place again. You know, those are your mm -hmm. soul members, your soul besties, right? Yeah. Um, then there's other people who, um, unfortunately, they'll never see you for what you're, you know, you are or what you're growing into or, um, and they will paint their own projections and their own false narratives onto you. But that's not up to you to, you know, you just got to keep, keep growing, keep going. You know, yeah. This place is nothing but a big school. You've heard me say that before. It's mm -hmm. a big old school and we all have our own soul lessons. And yeah. if we can just look at it like that and go, okay, I'm just going to pass another pop quiz today. How do I do it? Be true to yeah. me. Choose love over fear. Keep growing. You'll get through it. Yeah. Ah, such sage words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Steph. Yeah. You're probably, thank you. I appreciate that. You're probably like the fourth or fifth person to say that to me this week. And I always, oh, yeah. I'm like, I feel like an 85 year old. <laughs> I have a guy asked me, he said, who are you? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm talking to like a great grandmother or something. <laughs> you remind me of like the grandmother tree in Pocahontas the very wise grandmother tree that like she went over I don't know if do you remember her I've never seen Pocahontas can you believe that what you guys check it out <laughs> I I've never seen Pocahontas you know of course I loved that song growing up but I never I should because I definitely resonate with with Disney you know there's so much in Disney movies and when you start to look at we start getting moved to that initial awakening period there's so much in Disney movies and in movies in general where you go, ah, I get the message there. Yep. Yeah. When I was going through like my first launch of ever like really speaking my truth and showing myself like the whole week, my daughter was just screaming, show yourself, you know, like from Frozen. I'm like, huh? Okay. 
<laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I went through that too, that particular song. And then Into the Unknown was huge for me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. ah, okay. Well, last question here, Steph. This one talks about, of course, empaths and, you know, relationships, partnerships. I'm yeah. curious, um, why is sex a sacred act energetically? Oh, girl. Oh, my goodness. So sex, um, when you sleep with someone, no matter how insignificant you think it is, they leave behind what I like to call an energetic debris. Okay. So you have this biofield that surrounds you. Science has proven we have a biofield extends eight feet. So when you're merging your energy with somebody, when you're sleeping with someone, you will feel and carry the energy of those who you've been intimate with. So if you've got somebody who you're sleeping with, who is, you know, doing their own healing work, but a negative Nelly, uh, overthinker, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they're dealing with you as an empath is you're going to carry that and then begin to emit that frequency as well. You know, I'll get a little descriptive here, I guess. Um, when a man is sleeping with you, ladies, he's literally entering the most secret part of you and depositing energy, right? He may leave feeling great because an energy exchange just took place. He's feeling all rested and great. You may then notice that a day, two, three days after that exchange took place, you're feeling sad. You're feeling depressed. You're feeling anxious. So this energy can stay with you for a really long time. And the more your electromagnetic field is meshed with another person's, um, you will begin to vibrationally carry and emit that lower vibration. It's just an energy. It's, it's a, so important for you to exchange your energy with somebody who is heart-based, that there's an emotional connection with somebody who you love. Um, because when two people have sex with pure intentional love and admiration, what ends up happening is the heart chakra begins to unlock, which is the most powerful energy vortex on the body. And what that does is DNA activation occurs and that deep healing begins to occur, which is, um, you know, soulmate love, twin flame love. You know, it really is that sexual energetic exchange that goes back and forth. Um, you know, sex in itself, when it's done properly, can actually help transmute emotional trauma and it will actually feel replenishing versus the opposite. Right. So, um, yeah, this is a part yeah. of why I teach what I teach in my goddess awakening courses, you know, um, maybe this is me being a little bit of an old lady or old school way of thinking, but men and women, you have to be so careful with who you exchange that type of energy with, because, um, you are meshing your biofield. You are literally merging DNA with another human being. Wow. So it better be on your vibration or higher. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Wow. Wow. Ah, so amazing. Thank you for ending on that fiery note. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just curious um, for all of our audience who is, you know, new to meeting you, where can they find you online and on social media? Of course, I'll link everything in the show notes. But Oh, yeah. Very cool. Um, so all the books are available on uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart.com and Target.com just picked it up. Okay. Um, DivineSoulJourney.net. And then I'm most active on IG. You know, the social media stuff is, it's a full-time, I know you know this, it's a full-time job. 
So, you know, I just got on clubhouse mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out what clubhouse is all about, you know, but you know, I'm mainly over on IG and then divinesoldjourney.net. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steph. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye, What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support, and good luck. Hey everyone, I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you.